right, please tell me what I saw parked outside of Logan, Iowa today was a joke. It was a troll and it wasn't real. Did Nebraska really pull their football semi-truck into Logan, Iowa to catch the eye of Grant Bricks today? Did that really happen? Yes, they did. There's a photo of it on the internet right now. So obviously it's 100% legit and 100% true. But Nebraska football semi-truck is parked outside Logan Magnolia High School to get the attention of offensive line target Grant Bricks. Of course, Grant Bricks is picking between Nebraska, OU, and Kansas State. But uh, where does that rank on the desperation scale and the creativity scale? If you're trying to uh, get in on Grant Bricks before he commits to OU soon, hey, let's take the football trucks uh, to the semi out there and just park it outside of his high school in the state of Iowa. I don't think I've ever seen that before. It is one of the recruiting tactics of all time. That's for sure. Oh, my gosh. I, uh, yeah, I've, I've never seen this used before. I just don't know how great of an idea this is by Nebraska. I don't know how many um, football tr- or football semi-trucks Grant Bricks has seen, but if you've seen OU's before, what does it say on the side of it? All the conference championships, seven national championships. I'm sure it may show the Heisman trophies as well. Like, it's a semi that rolls down the road, but it also says, hey, here's how much we've won in the past. What can Nebraska's semi-truck have on it other than some great moments in the 90s and in the 70s? And in fact, I'm looking at the semi-truck right now, Parker Thune, and there's no list of any recent accomplishments on it. Go figure. Because there are no recent accomplishments to speak of. I mean, it, it, it feels a little bit desperate, doesn't it? It's Admittedly, it's unique. It's creative. Like, okay, props to Nebraska for... Being able to come up with something novel to recruit the kid, but in the end, I'm not sure it's going to matter. And it has Adidas on the side. I say that as I'm wearing a uh, pair of Adidas shoes right now. But Jordan, wow, L. Jordan Brand, lot, lot better. Uh, Adidas on the side. It just says Nebraska football, and yeah, no real. uh, (laughs) I mean, it's 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 pretty plain to be quite honest with you. But could this be enough to sway Grant Bricks back to Nebraska? Hopefully not. Is the they're text gonna, line saying hopefully it's not full of cash? They're just going to leave it there until he gets in the truck. It's <laughs> just going to be parked there. Like they're just like, maybe they're, they're sieging Logan Magnolia High. What can OU counter with to uh, send up to park outside Magnolia High School? The White Buffalo. Bill Beatenbow rolls up in the actual schooner. Um. Okay. It might. T- how long would it take him to get there? Two or three weeks, maybe. But that's that's fine. As long as he gets there by National Signing Day. Offensive line, you know, needs to continue to progress. But Bill Beatenbow can head out on the road for the back half of the season to take the schooner up to <laughs> Logan, Iowa, instead. I think that we can make that happen. Yeah, I did not expect to see that today. That is. Um, that is, hey, we got to make up some ground here. Let's try something creative. Let's bring in the uh, the semi truck and park it outside of his high school. Very, very interesting. Five eight zero says, was Jordy Ball driving the bus? Oh gosh, you <laughs> think you, you think Nebraska is using Jordy Ball in their recruiting? Pitch? Maybe. I she's pretty. She's the best thing going for Nebraska athletics right now. I don't know the name of any of their uh, women's volleyball players, but. Going to be tough to top uh, Jordy Ball, who's won back-to-back national championships so far. The most recognizable athlete Nebraska has is probably Jordy Ball at this point. Yeah, you know, they start uh, Nebraska starts using Jordy Ball, then 
all Oklahoma has to do is get on the phone with Grant Briggs and be like, hey, ask her where she won those championships. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Four stars, six five and a half, two hundred and eighty pounds out of Logan, Iowa. It's Grant Briggs. And the timeline, is it still um like it's not necessarily murky in terms of who leads his recruitment, but is the timeline still a, a big question mark on when a commitment could happen for him? Are we still looking at signing day, potentially, when we hear? I hope we're not looking at signing day. I would like this to end and end soon. But hopefully I'll have a better answer for you after I go up to Lamar's, Iowa, on Friday evening. It'll be, uh, I'm sure it'll be a beautiful Friday night up there in Lamar's, Iowa. I don't know if anything is beautiful well, up in Lamar's, It's, it's going to be cold in Lamar's, Iowa. Yeah, it will I be. Can, I, can, I can guarantee you that. Which, uh, that sounds like a game that Grant Bricks is going to thrive in, doesn't it? I know it's going to be cold in Lawrence on Saturday. I'm sure to, in Lamar's, Iowa, it's going to be cold on Friday. He'll just be mauling defensive linemen all, all game long. And probably not wearing any sleeves either. Do, do you think that that is a, a fair assumption, that Grant Bricks in the cold weather is a no-sleeve guy? That's how he rolls? I know this for a fact because I was up there for a game two weeks ago where it was not more than 40 degrees outside, and Grant had no sleeves. And I talked to him after the game. He's just like, yeah, I'm not that cold. Yeah. Okay, man. Okay, then. Big you fan. and I are built differently. I mean, that's that's saying the very least. But oh, Okie Tom says if Coach B rides the schooner, he will need several horse team changes. Oh, it's uh, don't worry about that, Okie Tom. We we can we can fix that up. All right, uh, Tulsa and uh, Springfield. Uh, well, Kansas City. We'll we'll make it happen to where the uh, schooner can roll up to. To Logan, Iowa. Somebody How about that? Somebody in the 918 says, just need somebody to slap a now hiring sign on that Nebraska <laughs> That's uh It's been able to stay there for about the past decade with as many head coaches that they've, have they gone through. 918, we need to show up with two cows to Bricks High School and tell them if he signs with OU, then this can be the next boomer and sooner. Ooh. Two, a way to uh, entice your highest-ranked offensive line recruit and new mascots as well. Count me in. That Bill Biedenboe, count me, count me in if uh if that's the case. Jay and Ellick says just let out the let out of the air of the tires and tell him that's indicative of the Nebraska football program. By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you a picture on my phone. Somebody this is the most, slash the tires. This is the most Grant Bricks thing imaginable. But I I gave him a call over the weekend and he didn't pick up, which is not unlike him. But then I was going back and forth with his dad via text uh, earlier this week, and his dad was like, did he call you back? He was busy this past weekend, but I want to make sure he calls you back. And I was like, no, it's okay. I figured he was busy. And his dad texted me back to show me what he was busy with, and this is what he was Oh, he was showing. Yeah. Was that at the uh, the Iowa State Fair or something? No, it was down in Kansas City. I guess they had a big old cattle show that they made yeah. a whole bunch of plans to go down to Great Bricks in. is the, the one guy. He, he, he definitely puts his phone on Do Not Disturb when he's showing cattle. When he's showing cows down there in Kansas City. He makes the cows look small. It's awesome. Too. He's uh, he's turned into some of the some, some on the text line their favorite recruit thus far. That's that's what he's turned into. He's my favorite recruit thus far. I'll say it. Six like, five and a half, two hundred eighty pounds, top one hundred player helps out as well on the offensive line. But uh, yeah, this whole aspect of it, he, like you almost, it, it's gotten to the territory of why is it so quiet? What's going on, Grant? It's pretty simple. You want to stay close to home, or do you want to go to Oklahoma? 
where they're doing some really nice things right now, and they are definitely on an upward trajectory. But you can almost excuse all the uh, quiet and the silence because, you know, he's, he's just out there trying to earn a few bucks and some belt buckles along the way, I'm sure. That's what Grant Bricks By the way, doing. in today's installment of the worst people you know are all fighting over the same blue chip recruit, Ryan Wingo commits in a couple hours. Yes, he does. And, uh, yeah, that looks like <laughs> Missouri. Well, there was talk- Texas gotten in back it, in late. Yes, yes, Texas has gotten back in late. And I was talking to a good source last night that was like, I'm not sure Ryan Wingo knows where he wants to go between those two schools. But needless to say, like regardless – the number two wide receiver in the entire country is either going to be a Texas Longhorn or a Missouri Tiger. So, lethal injection or firing squad, Tyler McComas? Um, I Lethal injection would definitely be Missouri, I feel like, uh, with the amount of needles up there, right? Whoa, he went there. But, um, yeah, Ryan Wingo, thought to be a Missouri lean for about, hey, and, and this is this is perfect, isn't it? Isn't going into his decision day today exactly the way this recruitment has gone really kind of throughout? Uh-huh. It's like once the Missouri side feels good for like a week and a half, two weeks, well, I don't know. Texas may have made an enticing offer here. Texas actually may be the leader and back in on this thing. So it's just it's very fitting that Missouri felt like they're in a good spot. Wilt Fong put in a prediction, all that. And now here's Texas at the 11th hour making a move. It's fitting. So which, where, where would you rather have him? I would rather have him at uh, Missouri. I'd rather have him at Missouri other than uh, Texas. I mean, for OU's sake, you're going to play Texas every year, and you're going to play Missouri, what, uh, every other year, I guess? Um, and and I, I was about to say that, not that I necessarily trust Texas, but I don't trust Missouri to develop big-time prospects, but Luther Burden's like playing at a very Luther high Burden level might right be now. the best wide receiver in the entire I, nation. I mean, right I, seriously, man, I, he is he is playing at a very high level right now. But yeah, that's going to be Missouri or Texas later on. And always ask this when we talk about um, when we talk about Ryan Wingo. But would this affect Williams Winery, good or bad? I mean, like whatsoever. Hey, is hey, affected? Like yeah, it would it would? I think it would have an impact because. I know for a fact that there was a verbal agreement at one point between Winery, Wingo, and Jeremiah McClellan to all team up at Mizzou. It was basically the, the way that Will phrased it to me when I went up to see him a couple weeks ago was he said, Yeah, Jeremiah and Wingo told me if I commit to Missouri, then they'll commit to Missouri. So. Jeremiah McClellan obviously ended up committing to Ohio State, so that's one down. And if Ryan Wingo ends up committing to Texas over Missouri, well then Winery's in a situation where he is the only big fish. He's the lone wolf. Yeah. And that class is still not ranked very high with Williams Winery. No, they are not. I don't even think there'll be a top 25 class with two five-stars in it, even if uh, Wingo does commit today, to kind of tell you like what the rest of the Missouri class looks like, so... Yeah, Wingo picks Texas, and hey, I, I don't know about you, man, but the way this has gone back and forth between Mizzou, Texas, whatever, it's October 25th, regardless of who he picks today, it's a long way from being over for, for Ryan Wingo, and and for williams Winery as well, I think, but for Ryan Wingo too, no matter who it is. I and I talked about it yesterday, pertinent to both Wingo and Bryant Wesco, but... 
I do not envy those who have to cover five-star wide receivers because it is always a circus. 918, if Wingo picks Texas over Mizzou, OU needs to step it up with williams Winery. I think they've been stepping it up, that continuing to pursue him. And isn't that everything we read from national recruiting analysts all the time at Rivals? Is like, well, he's still committed to Missouri, and Mizzou fans don't kill me. But OU's not giving up their pursuit of the five-star defensive lineman. That's, that's always mentioned when williams Winery is brought up. So o- OU's still pursuing. They're still pursuing. Don't, uh, doubt, don't doubt that one for a second. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Dude, we got a ton of text to get to we do. already for this hour. We'll do that and a whole lot of OU recruiting as well right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans, Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and the Ref Army as well, listening nationwide via the free KREF app. Chicago, Illinois is tuned in. Blackfoot, Idaho is tuned in. Georgetown, Kentucky. Alexander City, Alabama. League City, Texas. Deerfield Beach, Florida. Wichita, Kansas, and our small Oklahoma town of the day. Remind me if we've had this one before. I don't remember. Ralston, Oklahoma. Never. Never. I didn't know there was a Ralston, Oklahoma. Like northwest of Tulsa, just north of uh, Pawnee. Who do you think of? What former college basketball player do you think of when you hear Pawnee, Oklahoma? The Pawnee pistol himself, Keaton Page. Remember Keaton Page at Oklahoma State? How long ago was this? Uh, like 12 years ago. It was, okay. it was, yeah, it was no, I, no, I don't. Yeah. Ref Army Locator brought to you by Affordable Door Company, where they compromise on the price but not on the quality. Visit them online at affordabledoor.net. That's affordabledoor.net. Or call 405-635-9499. Proud Garage Door sponsor of the Sooners and the Ref. 405 says, Tyler, don't worry about Ryan Wingo going to Texas. They have to have a quarterback to get it to him. I'm glad this was brought up on the text line because we haven't discussed this angle with the Texas quarterback situation, but it could get very interesting going into next year. And 24-7 had a story out today. Way too soon, I know. But, hey, here are some quarterbacks that could be in the portal this offseason. And, of course, Malik Murphy, Texas backup quarterback, is on that list. Well, Quinn Ewers, this is the second year in a row that he's hurt, Parker. And he is draft eligible this year. And a lot thought before the year that he was going to be a first-round selection. But is that a slam dunk right now? It doesn't that, doesn't really look like it, right? That was never a slam dunk. I didn't think it. so either, but I saw mock drafts have him going to like the Minnesota Vikings in the first mock round. Mock drafts, especially early ones, always over mock quarterbacks. The, always. The, the point is... What does Quinn Ewers do next year? Does he roll to the NFL? Does he come back to Texas? And what does that mean for Arch Manning? Like it feels like Malik Murphy definitely will be like, all right, I got to you know show my stuff a little bit for four weeks. I'm going to go ahead and go transfer somewhere else. But it seems like it's okay now. Like the Manning family is okay with him redshirting this year. Are they okay with him being the backup next year? And would he be the backup if Quinn Ewers were to come back? I, just a I, interesting element with all of that. I don't think, and maybe he just wants to make money, Tyler. Maybe he's just ready to jump like Spencer Rattler was in 2021. But I don't think Quinn Ewers has enough of a resume right now to comfortably 
make the jump to the NFL and warrant a comfortable draft slot. Because what we have seen from Quinn Ewers at the University of Texas is generally average quarterback play, Tyler. Oh, I think that's he has, been, yeah. He has at times been above average. He has certainly at times been below average. But when you look at how many quarterbacks across the country have accomplished tangibly and statistically what Quinn Ewers has over the last two years, they're a dime a dozen in college football. Really, the only reason we're talking about Quinn Ewers as a potential first-round draft selection rather than, I don't know, pick 20 other Power 5 quarterbacks is because he was the consensus number one overall prospect in the nation coming out of high school. Yeah, and that's still on a lot of people's minds when they evaluate him. But how many times throughout his career, and it's been pretty short so far at Texas, but how many times you watch Quinn Ewers and just said, wow, that dude is a baller, man. You can't replace him on their offense. He had some bad moments last year. He played well against Alabama this year, and they won the game. That's great, but he had three turnovers against OU. And his completion percentage was high. Okay, I'll, I'll give him that for sure. He wasn't necessarily terrible in that game. But again, he had three turnovers in that football game. One was a fumble. Uh, one early in the game was an interception where Gentry Williams jumped the route. He's just not he, He's not elite by any stretch. So Tex, Texas could just find themselves in an interesting spot next year. Okay, yeah, let me ask you this. What is Dylan Gabriel long-term at the professional level? Um, I, I mean, Quinn Ewer's ceiling is... High, higher in the and I don't. I'm not saying that I think that his ceiling is all that high. I think Gabriel's pro prospects are pretty limited for the most part. Yeah, I think he is one of those guys that it, if you're talking NFL, he is going to be the Chase Daniel, Chad Henney type of guy, a guy that is the backup quarterback for a long time in the NFL because he is the ideal second string dude, i.e., somebody that's a good teammate is going to execute his responsibilities, represent the organization well, and if he gets thrust into action, is not going to crash the bus, right? But <laughs> what is Quinn Ewers that Dylan Gabriel isn't? Because we look at Dylan Gabriel, and I think most are going, okay, that's like a fourth, fifth-round draft pick, probably best-case scenario. Again, what is Quinn Ewers that Dylan Gabriel isn't? Well, what's Quinn Ewers without Steve Sarkeesian? Like say what you want about Sark, but I do respect his. Uh, you know, he's he's a he's a big time offensive mind. At least I think so, and I think he schemes things up pretty well. What's Quinn Ewers without Sark calling plays and you know having his fingerprints all over that offense? You know, I just there's just hasn't like Gunny's saying. He says he's never watched Quinn Ewers and said or Quinn Sewers, excuse me, and said, "Wow, that guy is elite. He's really special." Okay, because I, I don't think he is. Let's I, let's play this out. Obviously. The NFL is in what a few experts have termed a quarterback drought, where there are more NFL teams than usual that have immediate needs at quarterback. So that heightens the need for a quarterback early in the draft, I think, generally more so than it would in proliferation across the league. But even so, are you taking Quinn Ewers or are you taking Caleb Williams? I mean, that's not I, – I, Yeah, Ewers <laughs> or Drake May. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, yeah. Ewers or Spencer Rattler. Michael Penix. Ewers or Michael Penix. Ewers or Riley Leonard. What is, what is Quinn Ewers – like, 
what asset does he bring that you think is elite? Does he have elite arm strength? Does he have elite accuracy? Does his he have arm elite talent, size? His arm talent is solidly above average. Okay, but it's not, like, it's not elite, though, right? And I wouldn't call it elite. You're not going to take anyone in the first round, at least I wouldn't think. There's some bad franchises out there that are mismanaged. But he just doesn't do anything that's that's elite. Yeah, no, there know? are two guys in this draft. Well, actually, three guys. There are three guys in this draft class that have elite arm talent. It's Caleb Williams, it's Drake May, and it is Spencer Rattler. Sure, I agree with that. 731 from the state of Tennessee. What is Ewers without an elite or good running back? Yeah, he's benefited from that uh, back-to-back years, that's for sure. Uh, B. John Robinson out the door, and they got uh, get Jonathan Brooks, who's a, who's a really good player after him. I just, yeah, I'm just not super impressed with Quinn Ewers. And if he comes back next year, then I wonder how Sark handles the uh, quarterback battle, if there is one between he and uh, Arch Manning. Would be, would be rather interesting. Uh, back to the text line, 405-651-3439. Sooner Smitty says, is Kobe Black and OU a legitimate possibility? That's actually a tough one to answer there. Um, if you can you remove the word legit and just say like right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly like, what I was going to say. Tyler. The answer like, is yeah. If you want to remove the word legit, sooner Smitty, and just say is Kobe Black a possibility? Then the answer is is yes. Okay. Well, and, and and again, it comes down to what I say versus what people hear, right? Because I can say yes, Kobe Black and OU that is a legitimate possibility, and then people are going to take that and run with it. And then when Kobe Black doesn't commit to OU, they're going to be like. Why were you talking this up as a legitimate possibility? A legitimate possibility does not equal a likelihood or even a particularly high probability. So, is it a legitimate possibility in the most loose technical sense of the word? Yes. Is it something I expect to happen? Absolutely not. Don't like here just just don't get um don't get uh too hopeful about it. Like see See what happened. He's supposed to come back for the West Virginia game, correct? Allegedly. Allegedly. All right. He allegedly was going to come in for the UCF game. If that visit happens, then um, let's regroup after a couple of days and see if we have a, a, a different uh, you know, a different take on our hands. It's kind of how you deal with that one. But I guess just hope that he doesn't. Right now, just hope that he doesn't commit to anywhere to commit to Texas before West Virginia weekend around here. Just, just hope that he actually takes that visit. Yeah, Drew from Flower Mound says, Kobe Black saw Gentry Williams in the Cotton Bowl and said, I need to be a part of that. And uh, Drew from Flower Mound, that is not far from the truth. Winning that game matters, man. Winning that game matters. Lesson Hayes, Kansas says, if Ewers comes back and gets out, uh, it, it gets out, his draft goes down further. If he gets beat out, his draft go, goes gets down. Go, gets beat out, his draft goes down further. Yeah. Maybe maybe he will go. Um, I, I just... There's just some real injury concerns with him after two years as a starter, so I just don't know what his draft prospects are like. Maybe his future is out in Lubbock. They're starting a true freshman at quarterback right now, by the Correct. way. Correct. Jake Strong. And if you recall, when Quinn Ewers was in the transfer portal, the two schools, like it came down to two schools in the end for Quinn Ewers. Yes, it did. It was Texas. And it was Texas Tech. Yep. Didn't he take a visit to Lubbock at some point? Did he? I don't remember. I think he was. Uh, he was supposed to take a visit. He did take a visit. Whatever. But no, you're uh, you're right about that. Um, <laughs> Cherokee Sooner says Quinn Ewers equals Rex Grossman. 
We got Rex Grossman yeah, no, around Rex, here. Rex Grossman is. There can only be one Rex Grossman comparison, and it was made over a year ago when it was uh, uh, Jackson Arnold was compared to Rex Grossman, all right? Rex Grossman has never been thought of more highly now that Jackson Arnold was compared to him. The real I'm upside just, that's there. And I'm just thinking back to watching Quinn Ewers in high school versus watching Jackson Arnold in high school completely objectively, all bias aside. Jackson Arnold was 10 times the high school quarterback that Quinn Ewers was. Cherokee Sooner also says USC will need a new uh, quarterback next year. There's your match made in heaven. Quinn Ewers and Muleshoe headed to the Big Ten, USC 2024. Listen, I, I remain of the staunch belief that Muleshoe is not USC's head coach next year. <laughs> One way or another, whether he's taking a uh, – How many more sick days does he get until yeah, exactly. he gets fired? Whether he's taking an NFL job or whether he's taking a year off a la Urban Meyer because of personal and health concerns, I don't think he's USC's head coach next year. Interesting um, interesting text about Kobe Black and, and how that OU game beating Texas may have mattered to him. Uh-huh. What have been good and bad, good and bad on-field results for OU recruiting this year? A&M being terrible and having all the drama has been good, right? Sure. Um, Texas beating them head-to-head has been good, right? Anyone else stinking it up or a game that you've won that have really mattered for your recruiting efforts? Well, as far as Bricks is concerned, and Nebraska, Nebraska not being bad, yeah, yeah, Nebraska yeah. being bad has helped. Kansas State stumbling out of the gates a little bit with yeah, Boganowski okay. and Bricks or yeah, not so much? Yeah, maybe so. Obviously, the one thing that is working adversely against yeah. you is Missouri <laughs> being good. God, it's so annoying, man. It's almost enough to ruin my college football season. Almost, but not quite. Still having a fun season up to this point. But they need to start losing. What if Mizzou goes and beats Georgia in Athens? Uh, let's just not. This is like Kobe Black visiting. I don't want to talk about it, really, until it actually happens. And then we'll reassess the damage afterwards. 405-651-3439 is the text line. Still a lot of text to get to. We'll get to those. More OU Cruton next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we are the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune. All right, let's get you caught up on all of the pressing matters with the 24 and the 25 class. Let's start with Easton Ware, 2025 offensive tackle, six foot five, 280 pounds. He is a uh, composite three-star out of Lynchburg, Virginia. He's announcing one week from today. OU's in the final 10, but I see a lot of crystal balls today for Clemson and Easton Ware, which will be announced next week. Yeah, my expectation is that he'll be a Clemson Tiger, which, again, should should surprise no one. Uh, to the 24 class, Reggie Powers, Michigan State decommit, which that's another one. Travis Davidson texted us and said, another team that's been bad this year that's really helped out OU Cruton would be Michigan State. And, yeah, makes sense because Reggie Powers decommitted from Sparty. He was in Norman this past weekend. And here's what Rival says about the uh, four-star safety. A former Michigan State commit, OU is making a major move for the safety from Centerville, Ohio, especially after his weekend visit. He especially loved the message from the coaching staff that the team is completely different from last year, and that shows that, uh, that shows the signs that things are only turning in the right way. The Sooners are definitely one to watch, but if Power starts to hear more and more from Ohio State, then the Buckeyes could be tough too. So Rivals is saying, yeah, OU's in really good shape here. 
Just watch out for Ohio State at this point. And I think that's fair. I think that's fair with an Ohio kid because, yes, I expect Oklahoma to get Reggie Powers' commitment. But down the line, especially near signing day, if Ohio State comes knocking, especially for a defensive back, man, that's a tough school to turn down, especially when you're in state. Yeah, but it kind of feels like he's going to be a good chance he's your next commit in the 2024 class. Your next commit in the 2025 class well, Marcus James at a Carl Albert, what he's committing a week from tomorrow, I believe, on November second. Marcus James, three star backer at a Carl Albert, six foot four, two hundred and fifteen pounds, says as his November second commit date gets closer, the OU coaching staff is pressuring James even harder as the Sooners are expected to be the pick in a few weeks. The linebacker for Midwest City, Carl Albert, was back in Norman this past weekend for the close win over UCF, and he loved how the defense tightened up and didn't give up touchdowns. OSU, A&M, Arkansas, KU, TCU, and others are involved too. Which, they can word these things to really let you know who leads this, and they did right there. Let's spin all of the sentences on OU except for the last, and we'll just throw in a bunch of teams that are in the mix. Exactly. Where has Marcus James been for a game day this year, save for Oklahoma? I don't know that he's been anywhere else. So that tells you pretty much all you need to know right there. I would say the odds are pretty high that your next two commits, or how about this? Your next commit in 2024 is Reggie Powers. Your next commit in 2025 is Marcus James. I would say those are the two odds-on favorite for both those classes for the next commit. Any disagreement there? Offhand, no. I'd say you're right on. Yeah, feels feels like uh, you should feel pretty good about those two. But Easton Ware uh, looks like most likely that one's going to be Clemson coming up from uh, a week from today, 2025. What, what about uh, Eddie Pierre-Louis? We haven't... Second thoughts down there in Florida no, with EPL? I don't know if it's second thoughts... It's just, you know, you get on the cusp of making a decision like this, and on the one hand, he couldn't make the visit up to Oklahoma this past weekend, so that's one thing. Also, he's got a mom, and moms who are involved in the process to the degree that Eddie's mom is, what are they typically like for their kids, Tyler? They like them close, or they like them to get paid. (laughs) I was going to say the latter first, but yeah, that's that's. Both of those are true. Yeah, so I think that naturally a mom is going to have more apprehensions about sending her kid a thousand miles away than the kid is going to have about going a thousand miles away. So I, I, there's still some hurdles that Oklahoma has to clear, especially with that visit not taking place this past weekend. But I look, I still feel as though Oklahoma is very much in the driver's seat. Well, never if not OU, who is it? UCF. It's UCF. The other team OU. that we've talked about the most. Yeah. For uh, Eddie Pierre Louis. Yeah. UCF dropping bags, huh? Or at least trying to, maybe? Make enticing offers out there to uh, Eddie Pierre-Louis to stay in state? All right. Sarks Vodka says, what if I told you this offseason we got someone better and more needed than Williams Winery? You know who I've had crystal balled at a college station since kickoff this year? I think Sarks Vodka saying, what if OU gets David Hicks this time around in the transfer portal? If OU gets DJ Hicks mm-hmm. in the transfer portal, I might start banging the national championship drum. Well, that's going to be a position like, to need this offseason in the portal. Exactly, they get David man. Hicks, that'd be exactly. huge. Exactly. And if your answer to that is you go score arguably the best interior defensive line prospect of the last three years, hello. Yeah. 
because there aren't going to be that many question marks for this team heading into 2020. Well, just if, if Jackson Arnold's legitimately ready to be yeah. a starting quarter, I mean, that, that'll be a question mark. The running backs being better, uh, I'm going to guess, will be a question mark, just run game in general, and um, defensive line across the board, just overall depth like they have this year. But if you get Stutzman to come back, you get Billy Bowman to come back, you, sh- you should still uh, – you should feel pretty good about backer and secondary. Yeah, and even if you don't, man, you Wide got enough pieces feel there. Like, yeah, you're you're gonna feel good pretty much across the board as long as you can bolster your depth and your overall talent level on the interior defensive line. Wilkerson's bro says every time I text in a commercial comes on right at the same time, what is even the point? Uh, we just get so many texts. You just got you just got to keep them coming, keep them coming. But Wilkerson's bro says Missouri won't be consistent. I'm guessing that means Missouri won't be uh, consistent throughout the rest of the year. And I'm hoping, Wilkerson's bro, that you are uh, 100% right about that. I'm hoping that's the case. 918, I know this is probably a long shot to land him, but any recent news on Jordan Seaton? Um, never made that OU visit for the Iowa State game. He was at Oregon this past weekend, said the visit was eye-opening, a great experience for him. Can OU get Jordan Seaton back on campus for the West Virginia game? Can that happen? Even if it does, I don't, I don't just think this is a long shot. I think it is the longest of long shots. And honestly, if you get bricks and EPL, I know Jordan Seaton is good, but do you care at that point? You have six offensive line commits with bricks and EPL in the mix. Do you really care that much about what happens with Jordan Seaton? I mean, you would take point. him if, if given the opportunity. I mean, if you had that opportunity to take him, you would. But I think what you're saying is OU's pretty content and they're okay if they can just move on and start focusing on 25 and beyond. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oki Tom says, what if DG comes back? Well, I, we, we, we've been told all along since the start of the season that this is his last year. So it feels like Jackson Arnold is QB1 going into next season. It would be very surprising if uh, that didn't if that wasn't the case at uh, at this point. If he did come back, though, he would have a chance to establish a virtually unbreakable FBS record for starts by a quarterback. Yes, he would. Uh, Drew says, "Where would Malik Murphy go?" I've said it before. I don't know if I did it on here, but I am O Malik Murphy going to transfer to Florida or USC, maybe Auburn or Washington. I I have no idea where Malik Murphy would transfer, Drew. But if he plays well throughout the next three weeks, he's going to have some real legitimate options. I mean, he is. He, he may not have the option to be the starting quarterback at Texas next year if Ewers is back and, and if Arch Manning is still on the roster. But I, Malik Murphy will be a Power 5 starting quarterback next year. I, I feel pretty good about that. Mark in Newcastle says, Sammy Brown flip watch possibilities. No. 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 Just no. Not happening. You thought you might have a chance at getting at least one Clemson flip, but Sammy Brown's locked in with Clemson, and Bryant Wesco released a, a graphic saying as much that he's locked in with Clemson as well. So I, I kind of feel like there are names that we will mention on Flip Watch, but I think all the Clemson guys, like we can kind of close that chapter here and move forward, right? Yeah, just not, not really something to count on. Uh, J- Jeff from OKC says... I don't know if I want to put this out, but what if we lost Levy? Which way would we go, and could we lose recruits? I just We get asked that question a lot. It's not a conversation I want to entertain for a variety of reasons, but it's just you're dealing with sheer hypotheticals there and hypotheticals that have no 
basis in reality right now. Because could Jeff Levy leave down the line? Sure, right now. Uh, he doesn't have any plans to, and there's not an imminent threat of that happening. He's not going to take a better job than OU. I, I feel pretty strongly about that, that he won't get a better head coaching opportunity than OU. And normally Jackson Arnold's name is brought up the most. What if Levy takes another job elsewhere? Would Jackson Arnold go with him? Guys, ja- Jackson Arnold is going to be the starting quarterback at OU in the SEC next year. I just I don't think that he's going to transfer away and leave behind that opportunity. He's he's going to be in a heck of a spot next year with a really good wide receiver core. And you know a really what, good wide receiver. And you know what core. Jackson Arnold has at Oklahoma? A girlfriend. Hmm. Boom. Well, that ends it right there. I didn't even need to to go uh, up and down the roster of what this offense has next year. That was it. That was the final point. 405-651-3439. Final opportunities for to get your text in on Locked In. We'll read those. More OU recruiting as well right here on The Ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, bringing you this hour of Locked In. Dorsey Jones, they sell Buicks and GMCs, which are some of the best trucks and SUVs on the road. Check them out in El Reno. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC. I love this text from the 918. It's not a fun thing to think about, but... I wonder how many Peyton Bowen update texts were sent a year ago today. Three laughing face emojis. I, it's just uh, it's hard to think back uh, a year ago what we were talking about with anything, right? The team on the field was not great. The recruiting rankings was they were still okay, but everyone was freaking out and thinking that the entire class was going to decommit before the month of October. Yeah, Jackson Arnold was flipping to Notre Dame, right? Oh, based on a uh, Instagram. Instagram posts or an Instagram rumor, whatever that was. He was on Flipwatch, yeah. This is around the time that Colton Vosick decommitted and ended up committing to Texas. Yeah, it was, it was, it was rough last year. But you know what? Look where you are a year later. It, it all ended up okay. And 24-7 had the highest-ranked player on each top-10 team. So out of everyone playing on each top-10 team, Here's how the highest-ranked commit on each team is performing. And old PJ showed up on the list. PJ showed up on the list for OU. They say the number 9 overall prospect and the number 2 edge in the 2023 class has appeared in all seven games for OU as a true freshman. The six foot four, 241-pounder has been officially credited with six total tackles, including three TFLs and one-and-a-half sacks, to go along with one pass breakup while playing 113 defensive snaps. P.J. has generated eight total pressures on 64 pass rush snaps, including four hurries, two hits, and two sacks. His 69.8 pass rush grade, nice, is the top mark among true freshman edge rushers in the Big 12. Yeah, he good. TLDR, uh, that boy good. Yes, that's exactly right. P.J. having a nice start to his career. And this offseason... We'll be talking a lot about P.J. taking that next step to one of the best players in the conference. Imagine that guy playing at 260 next year. It's over for SEC offensive tackles. It'll be fun watching P.J. run around there uh, making plays. Love it. Frisco Sooner, if D.G. comes back, he would probably be the front runner for the Heisman, and we are worried about him coming back. Damn, guys, we have been spoiled. Uh, Is anybody worried about him coming back? He's just... They just told us all along that he's not coming back. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just the thing. It's Jackson Arnold's team starting next year. And it's an era that ought to excite you. I mean, the present ought to excite you. 
and what this team has the opportunity to accomplish over the final two months of the season with Dylan Gabriel at the helm. But the future is very clearly defined, and it involves Jackson Arnold taking the reins as this program's starting quarterback next season. 405, I think the wild card in this class will be Jaden Jackson and Nigel Smith. Imagine that D-line with Stone and P.J. Yeah, the more you hear about Jaden Jackson, the more there is to like with uh, Jaden Jackson. He's a good player. And obviously Nigel Smith as well. He's a top 100 player. Jaden Jackson, pretty good as well, though. Really good. Uh, Muleshoe going to miss his third day of practice today? What do you think? I guess we'll find out. Find out in a couple of hours. You, you, at some point, if he misses today, you start to question, is he going to be available for the trip to Berkeley or not on Saturday? Which, hey, maybe that could and be a blessing in disguise for, for USC if he's not there. What if they lose? What if they lose out? What if they lose to Cal, lose to Oregon, lose to Washington, lose to UCLA, finish they, six and six? If they lose on Saturday, losing out is a very real possibility. They're not better than Oregon. They're not better than Washington. Yeah, they're not winning either. Those and games. I can't trust them after a, what, five-game losing streak to turn around and beat UCLA. I can't get down with that. They lose on Saturday at Cal, losing out and what going if, six and six What if six Mule Shoe went six and seven in year two? What if it was an exact reverse of what we had last year? OU wins double-digit games. USC goes six and seven. Maybe Nebraska will have a better record than USC this year. They're wow. four and three. Nebraska's four and three. Should have waited a year to make that bet, Tyler. <laughs> it's, I, I got OU with the over nine and a half wins, so I'm feeling pretty good about this year's bet. That's the, good. The rush is coming up next.